This is the New Earthings Podcast, helping conscious leaders to create high-impact businesses that reach millions and access a new level of freedom in all areas of their lives. I'm Ana Maria Moreno, the CEO of Copal, and I'll be exploring with you how we can apply ancestral wisdom to elevate business and create a ripple of change. excited to have you here on the New Earthings podcast. Uh, obviously, we've known each other a few months now, uh, and I've really enjoyed getting to learn more about Glitzy and understand what you guys are doing, and I'm excited to share with the Copal audience what you do. Uh, so welcome. Thank you. First of all, thank you for inviting me. I'm really excited to talk about Glitzy and my journey as an entrepreneur with you. So I don't know, how do we start? Yeah, so first I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about your journey and how did you get to being becoming the CEO of Glitzy? My journey, and I guess everyone's journey, it's a mixture of experience. I, I've, I don't know if you've heard this phrase that Steve Jobs used to say, that it's, it's something related to, I cannot make the exact quote, but he said, you cannot connect the, the dots in the future, mm-hmm. but in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So your past and your experience basically brings you to this moment in time. And I think for me, becoming the CEO of Glitzy was something like that. There were three points in my life that made me create Glitzy. First of all was like, I'm a Latin, I'm Mexican, I'm a Latin woman, and I used to go a lot of, to the salon and spa. And I used to suffer of going to the salon, maybe paying a little too much and not receiving the service that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so disappointment when I used to go to the salon or spa. That was the first like point, but I didn't do anything with that. Like I thought it was normal. The second uh, point that happened or like moment that happened was that I work in the beauty uh, industry. I, I had roles in marketing and operational roles in the industry, in Mexico, in Brazil, and in the US. And when I work in the industry, I understood that this lack of quality services in, in the traditional salons and spas was a matter of lack of licensing standards in the industry. And I didn't know that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was normal that, it, it, that that was the way it happened in all markets, and it didn't. Um, so that was the second moment that like add up to, to my, uh, creating Litty. And the third one was I used to do VC investments. So before being the Glitzy CEO co-founder, I used to work for a VC fund and, um, it was a consumer tech fund, uh, based in, in, in Berlin. And I was in charge of the vertical of, of beauty and wellness. And we did an investment in a startup in Brazil. Uh, It was totally different to what Blitz does. But when we did that investment, I was very close to the the, uh, founders in in that um, startup. And unfortunately, it failed. But I learned so much about the, the market. And I realized in that moment how big was the market. And basically, that was the, the third point, the last point that made me realize about we need to do something in this market and Glitzy could be the solution. Well, at that moment, there was no name, right? But right. 
I, I, I came up with the idea of Glitzy based on those three moments in my life that, um, yeah, made me create Glitzy and quit my job in the VC fund and come back to Mexico and started Glitzy. But again, it wasn't one thing. It was right. a combination, a combination of, of moments in my life and mm -hmm. experience, not only in the professional level, but also in the personal level, going to the salon as a mm -hmm. teenager, right? Mm -hmm. Really understanding the customer and the customer's pain Exactly. How there could be a better way. Exactly. So basically, I was a customer first, right? Mm -hmm. I understood the customer pain point. And later on, I understood the industry when I was working inside the, the industry. And the last point, I understood the opportunity of the market when we invested in this, in this vertical, right? So for me, it was like, okay, it's a big opportunity. No one is doing, or, or there's very little innovation. It's worth taking a look. Um, even though everyone thought I was a bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I took the leap and came back to Mexico. Yeah. Actually, yesterday I was watching Masterclass with Whitney Wolf Hurt that I sent to you. Yeah. Um, and she, I, I was, I loved it because she was like, often where people are wondering what business should I start? But like the best way to start a business is really looking at pain points that you yourself Actually. have experienced and have had and like, the challenges that you've had in your life and then transforming those into a service, a product or an offering to the world. So um, it's not something that like necessarily has to be disconnected and you need to go searching for that thing. Just look into what are the things that you've struggled with and say, this doesn't have to be the way. Yeah, and I actually would add on that Entrepreneurship is so hard, and you know it. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's a very lonely path, and if you're not doing something that you're passionate about, that probably you lived, and that's why you're passionate about, it's very difficult that you will have the endurance and the discipline and the yeah, the will of keep going regardless of all the obstacles that you will find in this in this journey. So I agree totally with her. She's also like, I really, yeah. really admire her. Yeah. I, I want to take that class, by the way. Um, and yeah, I could not agree more with, with what she's saying, like something that is related to you mm -hmm. and that you're passionate about, because if it's related to you or to someone that you love or, or you care about, you probably are going to have more motivation to go through that path of difficulty and loneliness but yeah. very rewarding yeah and I also think uh, instead of you needing to do obviously you could this isn't the only way but the way of touching on your own experiences is also valuable because then you don't need to do focus groups to understand the pain point you don't need exactly. to like uh, think about how to market it because you know exactly what that is like and how the challenges that people are going through and like how you felt during that time and what you needed. So then you can, you understand it because you've lived it. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. Yeah. Definitely. Amazing. Well, and you mentioned the journey of entrepreneurship can be challenging, can be lonely. Can you tell us about some of the biggest challenges? Um, and so also some of the biggest rewards that you've had being an entrepreneur. Yes, let's start with the rewards. So <laughs> nobody freaks out <laughs> before starting yeah. the journey, right? So, I mean, I guess it depends on the on the person. But for me, 
the most rewarding thing about doing Litsy is the fact that I am changing the lives of the professionals that are not working in our platform, right? Like that, that, that feeling that every day what I do has a real impact in someone for me mm-hmm. is very, very rewarding, right? Uh, that's one thing. Um, what, what, what other rewards I've had? Well, first of all, I've learned a lot. Um, I think it's, it's one of the, I mean, I, I said it's a very lonely journey, but it's also very, like, you have to learn. Every day you have to learn something new mm-hmm. or look for someone that knows how to do X thing that you, you have to do and you have to learn how to, how to do it. So that would be another very rewarding thing. Third, um, well, building the team. I think, I mean, we obviously have had some turnover as any other company and startup, but the people that have stayed long enough in the company, uh, I'm happy to, to say that they have grown mm-hmm. and they have, um, yeah, they have grown in Litsy and that, 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 that's very rewarding when, when you see someone coming in, in, into the company in, with certain experience and then through working in your company, learning different stuff, they go in another level. That's also very rewarding. Um, yeah. And I think those are the three more rewarding. Uh, I mean, I have an, a, a, a couple more, but, Going to YC, for example, was very rewarding because um, we, well, I had, before I was more lonely in the in the road because mm-hmm. I didn't have many friends that were in this journey. And after YC, I had the chance to, to meet very smart people that were doing their own startups and we could share, um, yeah, our experience. So... That would be the fourth. Um, For those of you that don't know what YC uh, yeah. is, it's Y Combinator. It's one of the most prestigious, if not the most prestigious, accelerator program. And it's super impressive that you got in. Not a lot of companies get in. Not a lot of Latin American companies get in. And even less female-led I was companies. Yeah, so... I'm uh, actually in my yeah. group because they put us in groups. Like, mm-hmm. you have a cohort with different groups, right? Five to seven companies per group. I was the only mm-hmm. uh, female entrepreneur in my group. Amazing. That was crazy. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Congratulations. And I think on the the impact that you mentioned, the first one, uh, I obviously had to do my homework and test the product and got to meet one of the people that you're serving, you, the, the women giving these services. And she had been working with uh, the, the platform, I think for over eight years since the beginning. Yeah. And so to hear her side of it and how she felt like it really uh, provided her a lot of economic opportunities, flexibility, and she's referred her friends. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really amazing to see. And also what happened when Glitzy was closed during the pandemic and how, how challenging that was. So it's definitely something that's really contributing to a lot of women's lives and I celebrate that. <laughs> I told you about the rewards. Uh-huh. No, not the rewards. Yeah. Um, you the told positive. me about the positive. Yeah. yeah the- but now, why don't you tell us a little bit of, obviously, these are all worthy of celebration, but uh, the entrepreneurship side comes with its challenges. And I think 
the more we can be honest and authentic and transparent about yeah. that, the the better so that we break this, uh, this illusion, this myth that uh, everyone's getting high valuations, lots of money, and just like having a good old time. Growing 20% of yeah. the month, yeah. no downside. Yeah. Um, I think for me, the most challenging moments have been related to my own personal skills and, and growth and a way of, 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 of dealing with stressful situations. So, um, for me, uh, work life balance is one of the challenges mm -hmm. to be totally transparent. Um, second, perfectionist. Mm -hmm. That was a big one for me. The fact that it, I struggled to delegate before. Mm -hmm. I made a lot of work on that, but struggled to I struggled to delegate because of my perfectionism. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stop you there quickly for for all our, the perfectionists out there, um, which a lot of people are that are kind of venturing into this. What are what is something that really worked for you there? Well, I think it was a mixture of, um, uh, I know, I literally read or saw a couple of videos in which um, the it was about how to become a better leader, how to uh, have more impact uh, with what you with your work, and it it taught me that. I should be in charge as the leader of them big opportunities, right? And because I'm so perfectionist, I, I used to like to get into very operational details. But if I would get into that operational details, I didn't have the time to think about the big opportunities. So I think after reading that, um, what really helped me was prioritizing, but prioritizing with the question, what's going to give, what's going to provide more impact for my company? Mm -hmm. And those were the things that I would do. And the rest, I would have to delegate. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And the, the rest was where I used to get very into the detail, but it wasn't adding that much value to the company. So, um, so yeah, I think how I, I managed to, to control my perfectionism or to, um, to eliminate it was to prioritize him better mm -hmm. to understanding that maybe that little detail that I want to change to make the product perfect is not going to add the value that is that investing one hour in networking in a event with investors would add mm -hmm. so prioritizing was was key for me I love that Thank you for, for sharing that. That's really valuable insight because that question specifically, like what uh, is that going to really is, add? Is going to create the most impact? Yeah, that's exactly. super helpful. I'm sure for for a lot of people. Uh, and then, uh, what's the last thing that has been Oof, challenging? I have a lot of I have a long list of challenges, but I think again the 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 most important ones has have been perfectionism. Work balance, work life, uh, life, work life balance, work life yeah. balance, um, delegate, 
or not micromanage, but, but that goes hand in hand with perfectionism. And the last one is how to become a great leader. Mm -hmm. I think something that people don't understand or they're not aware of until they become leaders is that a lot of your experience as or your personality shapes how you are as a leader. And probably how you are is not the way that you want everyone to behave, mm -hmm. right? Because they will, like, your leadership will show your positives, but also your negatives. So you need to be very conscious of what's your leadership style, mm -hmm. very related to your personality. So I think that is something that I'm still working on. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, we, we talked about this, like, yeah. we want to work with, yeah. on that together, but... I think that's that that have those have been the the biggest challenges. Yeah, I think you mentioned to me that as women we don't really have a lot of role models of yeah. like what does a strong woman leader look like that kicks ass in their company while also Because doing amazing at home, having a family. That's I think why you and I love Whitney, but like yeah, and why. Like we we're trying to create that version for ourselves because there's not a lot there's of examples. Not many examples. Yeah, I mean, I think Whitney is one of them, but um, basically, like I just have her and yeah, and uh, who else? Yeah, yeah. So how can we change that paradigm of what a leader looks like, where it's not just burning out, uh, not having balance, not being able to have a family, and like doing it in a way that. Wow, we can do all of those things. Yeah, and I will say not only that, not only the, the being successful in your professional life and also having your personal life, but sometimes in the professional life, I've seen a lot of women that um, in order to, um, yeah, like, um, legitimize their power, mm -hmm. feel like they have to lose their feminine side or their right. empathy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be that type of leader. I like, I want to be strong and I want to be respected, but I also want to be empathetic with people and want my be with my team. So, how do you create that leader? Yeah, without having many examples, it's 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 been challenging. Yeah, and also I think that's shortcutting yourself because a lot of, that's probably areas of strength that differentiate you and make you better than potentially other types of leaders that don't have those abilities or even your intuition tapping into your intuition which is something that as women we're very connected to so like how could we create these models of leadership that are different mm -hmm. um and definitely a, a challenging thing to do considering that especially in tech yeah our examples are very male dominated yeah yeah Yeah, totally agree. We need to create. We need to change this paradigm. Yeah, we need to. And have more women like you in these leadership roles. And you. Thinking of these things. <laughs> um, well, now I'd love to, for you to tell us a little bit about Glitzy, what, what you guys are doing. And obviously, you're looking at changing how we do beauty um, and doing it in a different way as well. Can you tell us a little bit about your vision for breaking the status quo of beauty and uh, how do you envision doing that with Glitzy now and in the future? Yeah, so Glitzy, we started we started Glitzy because, I mean, I told you about the moments in my life, but 
something that really impressed me is that the most important people in this industry, which in my eyes are the customers who pay for the services and the professionals who do the services are unhappy in this market. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was like, why? Like, these people are the most important one. Why are they unhappy? So um, just to give you an overview, on the, on the customer side, well, you know, like we have a poor experience going to the traditional salon. We talked about it in, before. But I don't know if you knew, but on the professional side, professionals have very poor working conditions in Latin America in this traditional setting. So they're working 60 hours per week, um, earning on average $266 per month. Mm-hmm. And they're not, most of the time, they're not even in payroll. They're earning from commission steps. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was like the challenge that, that, that we're solving, right? Like how we can provide to the client a much better, a delightful experience, mm-hmm. more convenient, high quality standard that they can book online, pay online, easy to, 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 to manage. And how can we provide a much better, um, quality of life and like work opportunities to the professional. So what we envision is basically to create the one-stop shop uh, for beauty and wellness in Latin America by delighting customers with our experience of services and providing all the infrastructure for all beauty and wellness professionals in Latin America so that they can break free from traditional sounds and spas and become successful solo entrepreneurs doing at-home services. Mm-hmm. That's our vision. Mm-hmm. It's tackling both of these uh, people that are suffering or happy in the market, mm-hmm. and we create one single point for them to 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 fulfill their needs. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. Amazing <laughs> and very important, as you said. The working conditions right now are are challenging. Um, obviously running a marketplace is a beast in and of itself. I know. <laughs> how, how do you envision that growing as well in the future? So something that we learn is that, and this is something that we learn through the, through, through experience. I, I don't think we would have been able to, to, to know this since the beginning, but we know that now that customers are loyal to the professional rather to to the specific salmon spa mm-hmm. because of this lack of 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 quality licensing if you find a professional that you like you will stick to her or him anywhere they she or him goes to to work right mm-hmm. so at the beginning we we're focusing on the consumers, right? How to bring consumers to our platform, our marketplace. But once we understood this, we shift the strategy and we said, okay, we're going to become the best option of work for any beauty and wellness professional in Latin America. Mm-hmm. The best professionals are going to be working in the platform and the best profit, and well, not only the best professional, but the professionals are going to want to work in our platform and they will help us bring the, the demand because mm-hmm. if your professional is in Blitzy, you're going to have to book him in, or book her in Blitzy. Mm-hmm. So now our way to sim- not simplify, but to tackle the 
customer and demand problem of the marketplace is that winning the supply, winning the, the professionals will allow us to win cheaper the, the customers. And mm -hmm. we are basically, in the moment that we're the best option for the professionals, the professionals are helping us bring that, that demand. Like mm -hmm. they're referring their clients. They are like, we have cases in which this is something um, crazy, but well, not crazy, but very inspiring for me. Um, we are seeing that our professionals, well, most of them are, are women, um, their uh, husbands or boyfriends normally are Uber drivers mm -hmm. or Didi drivers. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is as the, our professional is becoming the main earner of the family, Amazing. the whole family is collaborating <laughs> so the professional can do more, more appointments. So the husband now doesn't do Didi or Uber drives full time. He takes them to yeah, take, yeah, takes them to the appointment. And during the time that our professionals or her, uh, his uh, wife is in, in, in the appointment, the DD uh, or Uber driver will do uh, drives or trips in mm -hmm. that area. Or we have had cases, I don't know if I told you this, in which the husband stays outside the, the well, in the street of the, of the house where the, the professional, our professional is doing appointment. And the husband starts giving flyers or cars that we have not even provided them mm -hmm. so that the, they bring clients to Glitzy. Amazing. And that's something that we are only capable of doing because professionals really prefer to work with us than in any other place. Amazing. As you were saying that, something that also came to me is like, in Latin America, we still have um, machismo, like uh, gender roles and um, women being assigned traditional gender roles and men having the 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 role of the provider but it seems like through this you're also helping shift those roles and a little bit of the traditional family dynamics towards more economic empowerment yeah i mean to be honest i don't know how our professionals manage it at the personal level but there must be definitely an impact in the dynamics of the family mm -hmm. in the moment the wife the female uh, leader of the family becomes the the the, the main earner mm -hmm. there's obviously like a, a or flash, even an earner right yeah yeah or even an earner you're yeah. right you're right but uh i don't know how to manage it on a, a personal level but what i can tell you is in the moment that they they, you activate someone economically, their world opens, mm -hmm. right? They have more curiosity for learning things, for saving, mm -hmm. for things that they were not thinking before. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I hope mm -hmm. that we, with Glitzy, we are changing these roles. I mean, I, I have to go deeper into that topic, but, but, but yeah, uh, I hope there's, there's a, that change in, in the family and in the roles. Yeah, I'm sure just by the nature of providing economic opportunities. Um, and then you've mentioned a lot about being a leader and the evolution of you as a leader. Do you think that we're shifting towards a paradigm of like more conscious leadership where leaders are looking into their vulnerability, looking into how they can show up 
in a in a more conscious way to their teens and like exploring themselves um do you think that that's shifting oh, it's a difficult question because um before glitzy i wasn't in in very like i was not i yeah i had I hadn't like leadership role. Mm -hmm. So the only leadership roles that I've had, it's, it's been in, in Glitzy. So I don't know how it works in the corporate world yeah. in terms of, of leadership. But what I can see in the startup world, I don't know, I don't know if it's something very specific of startup or it's also happening in the corporates is that flexibility and Vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerability. <laughs> vulnerability is something that it's very common and it's almost a need and it's what makes us different from the corporate process in which you are only a number and you're not close to your teammates or to your leader. So mm -hmm. definitely there's a change. I don't know if there's a change in the corporate world, mm -hmm. but I see it in the startup world. It's something that makes people working on the startups even work harder, mm -hmm. sometimes with not as many economic incentives that they have in the corporate world, but but that they feel more connected, more identified with the people working uh, in around them. So I think, yeah, there, there's a change. Mm -hmm. There's definitely a change. Very positive to, <laughs> to see that that's happening. And... Um, What's a secret advice that you would give to somebody looking to shift the paradigm of how we do business and kind of change the status quo? I think, I think in order to change the status quo, you need to work on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like until you're conscious of, yeah. So you have, in order to make an impact or, change the part that you have to improve as a person. Mm -hmm. Not only, yeah, because if you improve it as a person, you're able to improve as a leader. So I would say consider working on yourself um, to, to have the impact that you're looking for or to have that change in paradigm. I celebrate that answer because not a lot of business books or MBAs are telling you to like, go do your the inner work, go do personal development. I went to an MBA and I just got taught yeah. accounting and finance and uh, really that the ability to look inside of yourself and to look at the perfectionism, the control, like these layers that are holding you back from like stepping into your full leadership potential yeah. is how we, how we change I mean, Industries and ourselves. I mean, you need the MBA knowledge, right? Yeah. You need to know yeah. about accounting, about financing. I mean, but you don't have to study that. I mean, you can learn it on the way. I mean, but what you cannot do is be a good leader and actually have a good team or build a team mm -hmm. if you're not even happy with yourself. I feel like that when you work in a team, that can be seen, right? Like if you're not happy with what you're doing, you're going to be less tolerant with people or, um, yeah, it, it, it shows. And yeah, I think people don't realize that, but as a I think it's more specific on leaders, I would mm -hmm. say, right? Maybe if you are 
not a leader, how you're working yourself is not that relevant because you don't have people that you have to manage. Mm -hmm. But for leaders in the business world, it's super important to be okay and fight with yourself and grow and become a better person, mm -hmm. you know, to have impact in your surrounding. Mm -hmm. But you need the knowledge too. Yeah. So, but you can learn that. Yeah. Right? I'm just saying the all most business books aren't saying oh, go yeah. work on yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think that's something you maybe because most books, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if most books, but a lot of books are made by it's theory. It's 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 abstract, right? It's mm -hmm. it's it's there are concepts. Mm -hmm. And there are few people that actually go in the field and implement and build businesses and successful businesses and those who do are the ones that realize that there are other things mm -hmm. that matter not mm -hmm. only frameworks and uh, accounting and concepts and business jargon but also it's people right mm -hmm. people management mm -hmm. yeah that's why we're hoping to share these stories and uh open up this world and inner world to to other people and get them to experience what this is like. Um, is there any uh, last things that you'd like to share with us or final words? No, um, I think, well, thank you for reminding me. I, I really have a good time. Um, I think it was a very different type of uh, talk. I don't really, people only ask me about yeah, like what's next and the revenue projection. Revenue projection. <laughs> like what's next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here was more about it was more like self-reflecting. Mm -hmm. I know we have we're having this conversation, but you made me go deeper into myself rather into the business. So that was very interesting. Amazing. Well, thank you for coming. I really value you as a CEO, as a leader of a company that's changing. Uh, the way that we run the beauty industry and changing the dynamics in families and uh, I'm excited to see you grow and evolve and on a personal level I'm grateful that you're part of my life too oh thank you <laughs> let's work together to build those role models that we need in yes this let's do it <laughs>